0: Hey, welcome back to the Top Pros Podcast, where we actually unlock the shocking secrets of the top one percent in real estate. I'm your host Sean Charles, and I'm excited to bring you the insights and the inspirations from some of the most successful real estate professionals throughout the United States. All right, here we go. All right. You got to hit the button. Okay, let me do this. We'll car we'll carve about some of this. I got a little better light. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Top Agent Podcast, where we are going to interview and showcase the 1%, top one percent of the real estate brokers in the United States. Today, I'm really excited to interview our guest. Um, he's out here, and let me redo that one for a second. So I'm just going to go like this. Okay, you ready? I created a new lead-in, so I'm trying to use the new lead-in that I was given. <laughs> um, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Top Agent Podcast, where we interview and showcase the top 1% real estate experts throughout the United States and Canada. I'm your host, Sean Shouse. I'm with U.S. Bank. I'm a mortgage loan officer with the fifth largest bank in the United States, where we believe that we don't just write loans. We actually help clients and business partners with 30 years of experience, great rates, and great service. Today, I'm really excited to welcome one of our guests today. Who's jeff brookman i mean this guy is amazing it's you know our guest is actually highly successful real estate agent he's been in the business for 18 years i'm gonna again i'm gonna say 18 years and the reason why i want to say 18 years is because he's actually been through the trenches he's gone he's not one of those guys who's actually done really well after 2016 when everybody did well he actually made it through the tough times in the business figured out how to do some t- more difficult transactions uh, throughout his career he's now on the you know known as being one of the celebrity realtors. Uh, he actually does with guys like Phil Rizzuto who I've met. We got a funny story about that to tell you guys. Um, he's got a little, couple of nuances. He's also related to go figure Mel Brooks. Holy crap. One of my favorite, favorite guys to watch. Um, so today let's take a deep dive journey with Jeff and exploring your strategies, your mindset and what it takes to actually do business and why people should be working with you, Jeff. So, and and I left one piece out, by the way, Jeff's open in his own office, man. So if you're not sure, you want to come check him out, and he's going to be on Almora Avenue. And, he, and, and is it Elizabeth, Jeff?
1: Elizabeth, Elmora section, right in the heart. one eighteen, Right in the heart
0: of it. So, Jeff, come on in. Tell us, tell us all about you. First of all, give us a little sound bite on how did you, you end up in the business? I know you told me in the green room, but I want you to share with people um, what you did before.
1: Well, I started off, obviously, as the, doing teaching. That was when I was a high school history teacher. I taught in Elizabeth High School for several years um i followed in my mom's footsteps my dad of blessed memory was an attorney um and i was accepted to law school and my brother's an attorney um, but <laughs> i decided you know not to do that route i said i'll go teach but teaching i liked but i did not love like i love real estate so i decided while i was teaching i was also doing real estate part time but it was consuming my day the real estate and it was it was becoming very success. i was becoming very successful at it it was, it, was, it was picking up. Everyone wanted to give me their listings. Everyone needed my assistance. And I said, you know, why do I need to teach? And my mother tried talking me out of it. She said, Jeffrey, you wanna be a teacher because you get the summers off, you get pension, you get you health get benefits. benefits. <laughs> That's the main thing, health benefits. And I said, I'm gonna need health benefits after I'm done with these students because literally when I used to come home from school, I would go to sleep for over an hour, probably two hours. Because they they literally the students and everything just they sucked you. Yeah, it sucked the life out of you. Whereas real yeah. estate, I could work night and day. I could work till four in the morning, and I won't get tired. And that goes to the motto that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So right. that that is why, you know, I decided that you know I don't I, I don't see myself teaching for thirty years. You know, getting a pension, all that other stuff. It's well, like, you never stop
0: teaching. You're just teaching differently. You're teaching you're teaching people how to buy a house or how to buy an investment property. That's right. Obviously I, you're great at that. I mean, so let me ask you this. In in that being said, um, you know, I, I know for I know after talking with you for a few times that you run the gamut, you run everything from helping people that are Section 8 and doing a rental to helping guys like Phil Rizzuto. What is the common thread between like what is the what's the one thing that you would say is it doesn't matter if you're the, you know, if you're the the rabbi. Or if you're the, you know, you're the new kid with no, with no money in your pocket, what do you think the one thing is that that you can that you goes across the board?
1: Because people are people. People need help, and it doesn't matter if you're gonna make a ton of money or if you're gonna make less money. My mom brought me up that a half a loaf of bread is better than none at all, and that if you help one person, from that one person, you're gonna get ten more people. So let's say uh, I, I have over 100 rental listings currently right now. Mm-hmm. you know from high-end rentals that are four or five thousand dollars a month single family to studio apartments or rooms okay yep. so, so let's say let's say i help that one person that's a studio or room then basically what will happen is is that we um that one person that's a studio or room will refer me to maybe 20 30 other people and then it multiplies doing good for other people and helping people is contagious it spreads your name spreads your reputation precedes you, and that's why I never stood in ceremony. Every little bit always adds up. So I work with anyone. I don't discriminate. You know, a lot of people, you know, that are my colleagues all say, "Jeffrey, you're crazy. You know, you're a very good salesperson. You're very good, uh, you know, at what you do. So why do you want to? Why do you want to work at? Um, you know, working with, you know, Section Eight tenants, regular tenants, this, that, and the other. And 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 I said, well, listen, you got to help people. That's what this is all about. The industry is about helping people, about being successful, and you know, and and just you know making your way and 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 achieving you know your your, your dreams and your goals. And while you're doing I mean, it, you it, also
0: is um it you know you've gone back to this a few times, and our you know our, our video is glitching, so hold on one second. What, what it's doing? Yeah, you know, something. That now it's clear. So yeah, I just tried to. I just tried to refresh it um, and let's just, you know, it'll end up being in two pieces, but that's okay. Um, okay. The, the audio is good. So worst case scenario, we just use an audio and we'll figure it out. So you, you know, you talked about, you talked about people first and people last, you know, is what I used to call it is, you know, years ago, my, um, I had a, I had a comp- my company was bought by a very large yellow company in New Jersey. And the guy who ran that company used to say belly to belly. You know like you got to get belly to belly with people and kind of have a conversation with them um in your in your experience um what do you think is your secret sauce like what is the what's the one thing that is, it's your superpower that you could do in your sleep and people come to you specifically just for that i have i have the patience i should have been a doctor because I have the patience of a
1: saint i mean I, I deal with every type of person every type of high-end buyers high-end sellers that are selling mansions in llewellyn park and weehawken and I deal with also rentals of people that are going to be homeless because they have nowhere to go. And maybe that's why when God sees that you're good to every type of person, that you don't have, you know, a, a vision only to help a certain type of people. There's a lot of realtors out there that say, listen, if they're not going to make 6% commission on a uh, 500,000 plus, right, they're home, just not going to go 000. through it. Right. Yeah. It's not worth their time. I've never, I've never done that. I've always, I've never, I've never taken my time and, 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 and sat down and say listen i'm going to help this one person i may make money i may not make money i may make very little money because right. that's not what i'm here for i wouldn't have quit teaching i wouldn't have dedicated my life to doing real estate well, uh, my says i'm married to i'm married to my houses i'm not married i'm single but right. my mother my mom always says jeffrey you're married to real estate you do it 24 8 and right. uh, if that's possible which it is in my, uh, well, my
0: interestingly life. enough you're saying you're patient and then in the green room you told me that you worked with somebody that I worked with a thousand years ago. So when I was a kid, my, um, I was like 13 or 14 years old. I got a job at suburban golf course. I'm sure you know where it is in union. Right. Yeah. So the union. guy that I, the guy, I go to there and I'm going to be a caddy. Right. And I'm like 13 or 14 years old. It's me. And all these like Rastafarian guys that come back up from the, from the islands during the summer. And the guy says, okay, who wants to, who wants the caddy for Phil? And I'm like, Phil, right? And like, Phil Rizzuto and all, all of a sudden all the other caddies took their newspaper, and put it in front of their face. And I was like, dude, I'll do that. I figured, wow, that guy's rich, right? Well, next thing you know, when you're talking about having patience, this is 20 something years ago. A golf ball was probably a dollar fifty, even for the best golf ball on the planet. He hit the ball over the fence, he had me climbing the fence to go get the golf ball. And I was like, Mr. Rizzuto, I'll give you the dollar for the ball, man. Here, I'm not climbing the fence. Here's here's I was luck. Mr. Rizzuto. Mr.
1: Rizzuto, oh my god, let, let him rest in peace. But everyone knows that he was a frugal individual he wasn't a spent spending person. even his house that i sold on nottingham way and not nottingham was on westminster 912 westminster on the corner of westminster and nottingham the english tutor nothing had been touched since he purchased it from the Cohen co surprised. everything <laughs> no, no, everything surprised. Everything, was, everything was original the kitchen the bathrooms there was nothing that was upgraded and he was happy he was a nice guy. He would sign an autograph. He would sit down and talk to you. He was a very personal person, but when it came to spending money, he was very tight with the money. Yeah, he, was was he was frugal. He was frugal. He had his first communion dollar. So so yes, what i with Brazudo, that that's I would say Rizzuto's house was one of my claim to fame of, of uh, famous people that I sold. But I have a couple of very cute stories that I would like to share with you. Yeah, both.
0: sure, absolutely.
1: You want me to um He's
0: a, he's a funny guy actually
1: he was but this was already when he had passed away because he would never have wanted to sell his house i mean i right spoke right him right on occasions. he never wanted to move out of hillside cora his wife his beautiful wife yep. like a su- superstar model wife i always say she said i want to get out of hillside i don't like hillside i want to move to I florida remember. and yep. damn damn phil wouldn't let me move he made me stay here so long story short um uh when I spoke with Mrs. Rosuda about her house, she said, Jeffrey, I want to let you know that when I purchased this house, it was very difficult to find a home at the time. They said, difficult for you. Your husband was a baseball player. She says, Well, back in the 50s and 60s, baseball players were respected like they yeah. are today. They didn't make the money. And there was a lot of anti semitism going on. And also
0: Sematous.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and 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 hate. I said, What do you mean? She says, Well, there was nothing available in the Westminster section. They lived in the Westminster section of Hillside and it was all doctors or lawyers or whatnot. And there was no homes available. So she said that she contacted the Mr. Grassman, who was a developer of the Westminster corporation. And finally he agreed to sell him an empty lot to build a home on uh, Windsor way. And, yep. and she said, he made it so difficult for them because she was Polish and her husband was italian and he was a wasp i said a wasp she says yes he was completely preps presbyterian he didn't like jews and didn't like blacks and didn't like italian this is really she says yes she says he made it so hard for her to buy that lot she says but before that lot she closed on a house became available privately for sale by owner by mrs cohen and mrs cohen called her and said listen i know i heard you're looking for a home if you want you could come with your husband And if you like it, you can bring one more time the interior decorator. But that's it. Take it or leave it. She said she (laughs) went there. She said this is what she told me. She said she went there and she said she didn't need to bring the interior decorator back. She told Mrs. Cohen, I want it. Where do I sign? And she said, Jeffrey, I got the greatest pleasure out of going back to that damn anti-Semit. I said anti-Semit. She says, you know what I mean. I mean anti semite She said, Mr. Grassman and him to take his lot and shove it. She says, I don't need your lot anymore. I got the nicest tutor in the Westminster section. So take your lot and sell it to somebody else, you damn anti-Semite. I I, I, could, I couldn't die laughing. And We were sitting on her dining room table on Nottingham Way and going sure. over this with her daughter, Penny Rizou. Then there was another little quick story. I'll make it quick. Um, when we brought the buyer, who was a doctor who lives there till this day, a neurologist, Dr. Correa, to buy the property. He told me, he said, Jeffrey he says, I want the dining room chandelier and the kitchen chandelier. And the dining chandelier, the dining room chandelier is um is it was an antique. It was like I think a baccarat. And the one on um the kitchen was like originally a, a, like a delft, like a blue and white porcelain with a um with it was originally gas and they converted it to electric. And wow and, and I remember the daughter and myself told Mrs. Rizzuto, Cora, he said, Cora, we want you to leave the chandeliers. She says, leave the chandeliers. I said, yes, that's what the doctor wants. He's buying the house. I think at that time, sure. was 6, 625, the market was bad and the taxes were high. And yeah, whatever, she said, yeah, she said you, you can't tell me that I have to leave the chandeliers. Those belong to right. me. I said, well, Mrs. Rizzuto, I'm just a messenger. This is what the doctor wants. So- right. And she said, "No, tell him I'm not leaving the chandeliers. I'm not giving it to him for free." So the, the daughter, I should have had a, my uh, camera because this was a Kodak moment. Right. The daughter, the daughter Penny said, "Ma, do you want those chandeliers because you're taking them to your assisted living apartment in Tintin Falls? Is that why you want them?" She says, right. "No, I took already nicer ones. The electrician already installed nicer than those ones. What do I? I don't want those for that." Right. She says, "Well, what do you want them for?" She says, "It's not about wanting." She says, if he wants it, he has to buy it from me. I, yeah. bought, I bought it from the Cohens, from the previous people. And if he wants it, he has to offer me money. Everything is for sale at the right price. So she says, so Ma, you're telling me you're going to hold up a $625,000 sale because of the chandeliers? She says, Mommy, yeah. she says, Mommy, how much do you want for those chandeliers? She says, maybe five $600. And between you and me, they probably were worth thousands. They were antiques. Oh, absolutely. So she says, Ma, for five or $600, she says, it's not about that principle. So Penny went to her pocketbook. I can never forget it. It's in my mind to this day. Yeah, the 500 And she slammed, on not gave it to her. She took $500, $100 bills, slammed <laughs> them on the kitchen table. And she says, here's your money. Sign the contract.
0: You're going. And right. she, she signed it. By she the says, way, <clears throat> you're, you're opening your real estate office? Yes. You should call Penny up and see if she wants a job as a real estate agent. (laughs) That's a good idea.
1: She's a good negotiator. Right. But I
0: think it's obviously, obviously you have fun with your customers, um, which is always a blessing. You know, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes it gets lost in translation that you're supposed to have fun. You, know, you are. You got to uh, deal then, with all
1: types of people. Judy Bloom, I dealt with. I dealt with Rabbi Tights, Holocaust survivors. You got to deal with everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, so so. In that being said, is there a um, is there a process that if I come to you as a customer, let's say for example, like, well, here's a good example. Right now, we're still in a fairly competitive market. Um, we have, usually there's 6,000, uh, 6 million homes a year that are going to sell right now. They're, they're, particip- they're anticipating four and a half million, which is going to, even if the interest rates do go flat or go down or whatever they do, there's still not enough inventory for demand. So in my professional opinion, that you know, the market's going to dip a little bit and then it's going to bounce back up and take off like a rocket again. So in that being said, how do you position your buyers first we'll talk about buyers how do you position your buyers to make them as attractive as possible without actually dressing them up in a skirt and you know in heels
1: what you got to do is everything comes down to with people dollars and cents and also terms so you have to you have to basically put your client on stage they have to be the best performer in terms of you know down payment you haven't put all the money down if they're going to put down let's say a hundred thousand instead of putting the hundred thousand dollars down you know, fifty now, fifty later. Put it all down up front. Let it sit with the seller's attorney's trust account. Right. No one, no one can run away with that. Also, try to see if you could get them into. You know, if it's an FHA versus conventional. Most, even though no one's supposed to discriminate, we all know that realtors yeah. and homeowners, uh, you know, lean towards conventional. Obviously, try to get them to waive inspections or to do an inspection for informational purposes, or, you know, you know to you know just health see and, health and safety. structural and environmental not as a a, right but not as a tool to renegotiate the sale price because a lot of times sellers want to know what they're getting into
0: before they get into it so they don't want want to to i want to i want you to hold up for one second i want you to go back to that because that's important for people to understand that is say that again which is we're not trying to just get control of the property and then go sneak up on them later right right which is not uncommon no my mom always taught me my mom was a very
1: Wise woman, and she was a school teacher at Weak Wake High School, which was the top school in the country back in its yeah. day. I
0: know. And she I used always to used to say to me,
1: Really, in Weak Park, there, that's right. Yeah. So my mother always used to say, It's better to bargain as best as you can in the beginning, but then pay honestly. There's a Yiddish yeah. expression. It says, Be very cheap. I know what Be very cheap and miserly exactly. in the beginning, but then in the end, pay honestly. Say yeah. what you, what you know keep up with your bargain don't don't try to renegotiate there's a lot of people out there that'll say well, you want seven hundred thousand we'll give you 7 900000 nine900 whatever and then they start to dissect and take the house apart and do things and that's just not a way of doing good business if you don't want to pay something in the beginning just say this is what i want to pay are you going to do it are you not going to do it let me know if not you know brass tax you know we would say took us a yeah, you either show up or you don't your ass on the table, of bottom line, are you doing it or you're not doing it? But not to be cunning and deceitful and do things on the roundabout way that ruins your reputation. It ruins the, you know, you want people wanting to deal with you because that's leaving a lot of things unexpected. And that's not how to do things. It's just the issues.
0: Right. So um, we pretty much come full circle with it. And then on, on the seller side, I mean, uh, Obviously, um, what do you think is the what do you think is the best way to position a seller now, especially if we're going into a market when, you know, prices are going to probably come off a little bit, um, but we may not have as many people like willing to buy a house over the phone, uh, yeah. even though I, I, I bought probably twenty of them like that over the years. But, <laughs> <you> know, Um, <laughs> oh um I mean, so, I definitely have seen. I mean, I, I remember during the height, you know, when the, the
1: pandemic, when interest rates were like two three percent. There was lines around the corner. I've been doing real estate, right. like I said, since 2005, 2006 time. And even in the hype back then, it was not as crazy as it was just right. just a few years ago. I mean, I don't see, I mean, in this foreseeable future of that happening, unless they drop rates again, obviously the market's not going to crash, I don't believe, because the people that bought homes now were much more qualified than they were during the great you know, Absolutely. The great downturn. Oh, they, right. The people were screened. But I do see the market adjusting, you know, to not having you know hundreds of people lining up. Any property that is a nice property that's in a good location, nice sized rooms, nice curb appeal, lower taxes will all have multiple offers because you know you just have to make sure you don't like overprice it by a hundred thousand, right. maybe right. have forty thousand, but not you're not out to the extreme that they were. Are doing. you
0: a, are you a subscriber to underpricing the home to get multiple offers?
1: there's oh. different theories i mean there's there's two different theories that whenever i present uh you know do a listing presentation or i meet an owner i will talk to them about that way of obviously that's it lower and getting it up you know but then some people say you can't you know you, you could always go down but you can't go up there's two different theories some people right. say put a little bit higher and then and then negotiate i think the first theory right now of putting it lower is probably the theory to go by because it's not as strong as the seller market as it was
0: back a year and a half ago I don't see that let me ask you this is that dependent on price do you think like average it's, price point in the neighborhood if you're at a higher price let's say you're let's say your average price is 600 and you're selling a house for 1.2 would you still do that same strategy or no? yeah
1: i mean look obviously it all comes down to affordability with 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 property buyers you know that you know if someone's able to buy something for cheaper and it's a similar product, they're going to go for the one that's cheaper because it's sure. less damage to their wallet. So I mean, so it, it, it'll come down to the, 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 you know, who's going to offer the cheaper property, property the cheaper product, but it's just as nice, good quality, and comparable. If you have two homes that are very similar and one's listed for a hundred thousand dollars less, of course, the one that's listed for a hundred thousand dollars—they're right, going to eat it up. Yep. Activity that that makes sense. I mean that. That's just, you know, that doesn't take a rocket science to understand that it so comes let's, out.
0: Let's bring this full circle is yeah. you got the buyer, you got the seller, you got them figured out. Um so let's I, I want to just touch on this. Um, how many people you're you're a sole practitioner at this point, right? Yes. Um, and you, you have a bunch of assistants you were talking about. Yes. So so now That's you're fair. going you're gonna go in uh you're gonna put your deep you're gonna put your toes in the deep end. And you're going to open your own office um That's i'm going great. to send you a bottle of like scotch or manischewitz or something manischewitz. um <laughs> you know just in case so you could you could drink it during the high holy days don't just send me you can come and visit when they have the grand opening. i they will get, i you will I, visa you, know, you, need to, you need to you need to, you need to think about putting it in an a roof though i'm the only goy kid that actually understands there's, that stuff
1: an A roof, there is an a of in elizabeth elizabeth actually where the office is going to be open is 118 Elmora. And 18 is a significant number in Judaism. It's a, it's a, not only a symbolic number, but it means a lot. It means to life, l'chaia, chet yod. And everything I do is 18. So I'm already 18 years in the business. Now I'm, I'm opening up a, an office at 118 Elmora. And my email is jeffreyb1836. Uh, everyone that gives gifts when they go to a wedding or bar mitzvah given in intervals of 18, because in Hebrew, the letters right. chet equal life, l'chaia. So I think it's a very lucky number, but talking about the new brokerage that I'm opening, um, thank you for bringing that up, is um, is gonna be on Elmora Avenue uh, at the old Hal Rose building, um, And I own the property next door, 116 Elmora. So I'm gonna use that to have the signage that it's a corner property. And 118 Elmora is gonna be where the office is gonna be. First floor will deal solely with rentals. Second floor will deal with sales, both regular sales and luxury listings. I you know, I have a lot of agents already that have um, approached me that want to come work with me because they know I work all the time. I'm not you know, I've been doing this like I said all this time. I've been with several different agencies at this point, Keller Williams. I'm a person that likes hands-on. I'm old school. I like to, you know, have the experience of dealing with, you know, my agents when I, you know, open up my own office, dealing with my customers face to face. I always tell clients come in I don't like doing things on the phone. I like them to come in. I like to take care of things here and now. We say, if not now, That's when? Cool. Yeah, That's if cool. not now, when? I always tell right. them. They say, we want to do it tomorrow or next week. I say, no, come now. Tomorrow if you doesn't it. Exist. If, if, Tomorrow may never come. You know, we don't know. Do me a home. favor.
0: Take out your calendar and show me where tomorrow is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like playing golf every day that ends in a in, in a Y, which is every day that, you know, That's the right. challenge is tomorrow doesn't end in Y. And it's no, not one of the days of the week. And nor is, no
1: one knows uh, if there'll be a tomorrow. I like to do things now, get it done with. At the end of the day, I mean, I never I never feel I accomplish what I need to accomplish. There's so much stuff to do, so many people to help, so many houses to list, so many houses to show, so much different things to do that it just... Okay, it, so it, here,
0: here's the question I always ask, and I always ask smart guys like you because you get it and you got a great attitude, um, which is fun.
1: Thank so, you for so, noticing that I'm smart. My mother would, if my mother was on this interview, she would want me to bring up the fact that I made five beta kappa. I was top of my Rutgers honors college class, uh, you know, you know, high school valedictorian, but I didn't bring that up, but you brought it up. So I said, let me right. You know, you're remember right. what my mother would yeah. tell
0: me this. I, I think your mother's right. You should bring that up. You earned it. Um, you know, but the, um, you know, that being said, um, it, it, it's funny, your mom would have got a kick out. I would I would have been, you were a school teacher, right? Yeah, so I was a high school up,
1: history teacher.
0: Yeah, so I show up to Madison High School, and I don't know if you know Madison, New Jersey. It's kind of, oh, you know. Fancy schmancy. Fancy schmancy, right? I show up I show up as the divorced kid with a purple mohawk checkered sneakers before they came out in the movie, oh, by I the think. way, in Fast Times, and I was a pro-amp skateboarder. And oh, I can't understand why the second day of school. I loved you. Oh, second day of school, I was in the dean of student's office. I don't know why, but I was. Yeah, and I I didn't find out I got a I got a 1480 on my SATs until I was like 31 years old <laughs> after I came back from the army. You so see? yeah, so, so then I realized that you can't judge a book from its cover,
1: and you, you have to would. you have to look deeper into people. Sometimes people from the outside look like they don't even have a pot to pee in or window to throw it out of. That You'd reminds me of the story my father of blessed memory, who was an attorney, vice president of Chemical Bank on Water Street, tax lawyer, always tells yeah. us. About story of an old lady that came in with a shopping cart and she looked like she was homeless and nobody wanted to deal with her. My father approached her and she says, yes, I want to make a deposit. And out of, <laughs> her, out of her brown paper bag, she pulled out over a $100,000 in cash from that nice. brown paper bag. And I asked daddy, I, I was a young kid, this goes back in the 80s, I yeah. said, why would the lady, if she has a 100000 be looking like a homeless woman? He said, it's all just a, sh- a, sh- a show, a shell, a, a, you yeah. know, just a shield. Because who would rob a lady walking in the street looking like a homeless woman? If the lady You're came right. with a, a pocketbook or a Gucci or whatever, they would they would rob the pocketbook, they would think she has fortunes or diamonds and everything. But somebody that looks like a homeless woman that lives on the street, no one could tell, you know, that that lady is something more than what she's making people to see. So looks are, 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 are deceiving, and you know, they So
0: let me ask you this. I take, um, I always ask this question of my guests. I take you, I get rid of all your, I get rid of your staff. you you, I give you a cell phone 500 bucks on a laptop and I drop you in a new market. What's the, what's the one, two, three things that you do in order to get your business going before you go broke?
1: No, I, always, I I, I, don't need people. I I've been doing this. Like I said, on my so own. What's
0: the, so what's the one thing you do or the, the two phone? things you would do immediately?
1: I would go, I would I would canvas the area. I would see if there's any for sale by owner signs. I would see I would speak with, you know, I go into the synagogues, into the churches, start relationships with people. I would, I would, I would, I would walk door to door. I would, you know, just ask. Oh, I, want you,
0: I want to go back to that for a second also because... work, I
1: also work for low commission. That's another one of my secrets. I don't discriminate. Right. I've I've represented homeowners from one percent, half a percent, three percent. A lot of my competition doesn't like it, but I always remind them you know that that commission in the state of New Jersey is negotiable and no one can set an, an amount on a commission and they said well that's ruining the market and that's and that's I said that's because you don't want to do what I want to do because some people want to eat the meat and they want the blood to drip from the side of the mouth they want to be overseafood and I'm I don't see it that way sometimes you know, I've been involved in deals and they're getting a divorce or it's an estate and they don't have enough money. And they say, Jeffrey, we can't give you 5%. We can't give you 4%. We can't give you three. We only have one and a half, two. I said, okay, that's fine. It's okay. You're going to move on because- So you're,
0: so you're um, you know, there's, an, uh, there's two business models and, and there's one business model, which is, and the, um, you know, where Industries will go into a market very specifically with the intention of being the lowest price, the lowest price vendor in the, in that space, get control of the market and then raise prices. Then the other model is to be the most exclusive and maybe charge more than, than everybody else, which gives them a exclusivity. And so you're you're kind of you're kind of the guy that says neither. I'm willing to do both if I have to or whatever I need to in order to make it happen. Um, Jeff, I mean. You've been a wealth of knowledge. You've been, you know, been awesome. I'm sure that, you know, when you start to um, get your business up and running, there's going to be people flocking to your door to come work with you. Um, let me ask you the, the last question is how does somebody get in touch with you? What phone number should they call um, if they're going to reach out to you and find out, Hey, I want to find out more about Jeff. Where do I go? Oh, thank you. And you should also give your information
1: too, because we're in the mortgage industry. and Obviously they would like to reach out to you as well so they could, you know, promote Thank and, you. and patronize you. Um, my number has been my number since I first started, and it's 908, it's an easy number to remember, 422-2844, it's 908-422-2844, that's my cell phone, my office number is most likely going to be 908-355-1921, which is an easy number to remember, that's Elizabeth 5, 1921, I would say eight <laughs> years before the, eight years before the Great Depression, so they had a different mindset. And, and um, then the
0: uh, and your website? Do you use one, or is it Instagram or anything like that? Or yeah,
1: no? I'm on I'm on Facebook. I have a lot of listings I have I, and I, I that are posted on Facebook. I also have my interview with Bette Midler, who's my mom's first cousin, and um, I talked about Mel Brooks as well. Yep, that's Mel Brooks, dad. right? Yep. That's my dad's cousin, so they're all on all right. Facebook um, with photos and whatnot. But my Facebook is Jeffrey Brookman. That's easy to remember. Okay, my name, Jeffrey Brookman yep. and Instagram I use as well. And That's Jeff. I think period Brooklyn. So I mean I have like I said, right currently now I have over a hundred listings, um, rentals, Perfect. sales. Um, and I and I just, just want to keep on growing and keep on helping more people. Uh, you know, and then I'm obviously gonna be looking to, you know, have agents come work, you know, under me. I could give them right. a lot of guidance, I have a lot of knowledge, I have a lot of common experience. I mean, you know, you know, awesome. common sense and that goes a long way. You know, a lot of this business. You just need to know how to, you know, listen to people, you know, be patient, you know, and hear what they have to hear and try to address what their concerns are and their needs and try to, you know, tailor your their search to what they're looking for and help them expeditiously. I mean, everything about life is yeah. do it quickly because if you don't yeah. move quickly, you got to cook when the iron is hot. If you don't move yeah. quickly,
0: you lose the buyer, you lose you like. the interest yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, that's what- emotional, emotional decisions are the best. That's the, um. So um, obviously, we appreciate having you here. Uh, my name is Sean Shales. I am your mortgage expert from U.S. Bank. Uh, we don't just write loans. We've actually bring thirty years of experience and knowledge. I've negotiated over a billion dollars in real estate deals. Um, and really, what we you know what our claim to fame is is we come to people like Jeff and um, our partners, and we not only give you you know uh, we're not only giving your customers great great products and service. We're the we're U.S. Bank. We're you know like your your family was in the celebrity business. If you've seen the movie, it's a Wonderful Life, right? With Jimmy Stewart, he takes That's the right. money from the depositors and he gives it to the people for the mortgage. That's exactly what we do. There's nobody in between us. We are the bank. We're licensed in all 50 states. And then the other thing is, um, I I usually like to say that hey, um, you know, I was a veteran of of the United States Army, um, where I was a ranger in the army. I'm also a veteran of the real estate industry for 30 years, and coaches and mentors, are, you know, that are crazy people. I'm very blessed to have had that background, but what really makes it happen is people like yourself that are our partners and put your confidence and trust in us. So we appreciate you having, having you on here on the top agent podcast. Can't wait for you to open your office and be one of the first guys at your door. Um, I promise I won't bring you a bottle of and it's. I'll bring you something better. And we'll go from there.
1: Moscato, any type of wine. Moscato. Like, I don't really drink much, but anything I drink, it has to be very, very sweet and not too much. Everything is good in, in moderation. right? You
0: know I mean? Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> Jeff, it's great having you on. We'll yes, if you soon. want to
1: give your phone number as well, I mean, unless it's on the podcast. Um, it's
0: it's gonna be on here. My number is 973-461-6955. Again, Sean Chalice, 973-461-6955. If you just go to Seanchalice.com, you can actually book a call with me anytime you need it. Just raise your hand.
1: <laughs> That's easy. No, I appreciate you um you know wanting me to come on, I guess, because you Absolutely. That I made circle of excellence, platinum. And that's why you're reaching out to the Platinum Agents. And I, I, I really appreciate your time and your yeah. que- your questions uh, brought back a lot of memories. So glad that we were able to fun. converse.
0: We'll see you on the next episode. Stay there. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Top Pros Podcast. If you want to find out more about Sean Chalice and what we do for people and how we can help you, please go to SeanChalice.com. Again, that's SeanChalice.com. Book a free call. We'll have a conversation belly to belly, and we'll see how we can help. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side.